Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into this midweek Bible study. Uh, You are the great illuminator and revelator. I'm absolutely nothing without you, Holy Spirit. So we welcome your presence. um, And we're asking that a great uh, spirit of insight would be released upon the people uh, and um, hide us behind the blood of Jesus. Uh, Anything that's done today is all for your glory and honor. And we never take credit for any revelation. It all belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let the church say, amen. Amen. All right. All right. Revelation chapter 2, verse 24. King James Version. We're going to be interchanging between the King James and uh, the uh, the King James and uh, the New Living Translation. But we're going to read uh, King James at this moment. Verse 24. Now, look at this. First of all, let, let's, let's, let's set up a premise for what's happening here. Uh, Christ Jesus is writing a letter or is uh, narrating a letter to the Apostle John to the seven churches. All right. Now, you and I know both through uh, Christian orthodoxy and proper exegesis uh, that the church, these churches were literal churches. Now, I've been to Turkey before. I've been there. And these churches are now mausoleums. That's a whole nother revelation in and of itself. All right. Um, but during the time of when this was written, these were thriving churches. These were thriving real churches. All right. Now the metaphorical aspect of these verses is they also represent church ages or dispensations or uh, windows, different church windows, which means time frames in which uh, things are being done and can be done. So when Jesus was speaking to uh, these particular churches, he was speaking to them originally uh, in his proper context. He was talking to the pastor and the church of Thyatira. Uh, but for us, he is also speaking to us as a church age, uh, the, se- the seven church ages or the spiritual churches of spiritual 
Thyatiras. All right. So look at this. Look at verse 24. And then Jesus said a particular statement that I want to extract from the text. But I say unto you and unto the rest of the church in Thyatira, verse 24, as many as have not this doctrine, many as have not this doctrine and which not have known the depths of Satan. Oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Look at this. Look at this. As they speak, I will put upon you no other burden. All right. Now you have to ride with me. I'm not going to slow down. All right. We have, we have, um, we, we, we have until eight o'clock. All right. So we're going to throw this out. Look what it says. It says, it says, uh, but unto you, I say, and unto the rest of the church in Thyatira, as many as, as many as have not this doctrine. So notice how he includes the word doctrine, doctrine in there. And then says, and which have not known the depths of Satan. So notice how there is stages and levels of evil. There are stages. And these stages of evil, the Bible calls the depths of Satan. That's what I want to talk about today. All right. The depths of Satan, D-E-P-T-H-S, depths of Satan. Now notice this. These depths are predicated upon doctrine. So if you connect that with 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, doctrine of demons. Notice how it says, many shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. And the seducing spirits will be operating legally through the doctrine of demons. Now watch this. As the doctrine increases, the human soul plunges into the depths, the depths of Satan. All right. So write it in the chat room, the depths of Satan. So this lets me know that there are an innumerable amount of levels to the demonic or levels to Satan or the kingdom of darkness. We haven't even scratched the surface of these depths, but you can see where these depths are. If you look at what the, the present day teaching is, because the teaching gives the devil legal access to enter. Okay. Now watch this. The depths of Satan. Turn with me now to Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 12. So depths of Satan, keep that in mind. All right, Matthew chapter, Matthew chapter, chapter 12. Look at this. Matthew chapter 12, jump down, jump down, um, jump down to verse 24, verse 24. Look at this, verse 24. Um, I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation and I will rearrange it in certain parts to, to best sound like King James. But look at this. Um, verse 24, but when the Pharisees heard about the miracle, they said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. Look at verse 25. Jesus knew their thoughts and replied, any kingdom divided by civil war is doomed. A town or family splintered by feuding will fall apart. If Satan is casting out Satan, he is divided and fighting against himself. Or the King James Version says, uh, Satan cannot cast out Satan. All right. Satan cannot cast out Satan. All right. So I'm not going to teach on this little part today, but there's no such thing as fake deliverance. But I'm not going to talk about that today. 
All right. That's another revelation that I'll be talking about in my advanced school of deliverance. You need to go register. All right. There's no such thing as fake deliverance. All right. Uh, but we'll get into that later. All right. We don't have no Bible verses to substantiate uh, fake deliverance. Satan cannot cast out Satan. That's why the people that say, oh, but the demons can flip around stuff. They have no Bible verse to substantiate that. They just say that off of opinion and church culture. They have no Bible verse to substantiate such a claim. All right. But that's another topic for uh, another day. All right. Now watch this. All right. Now look at this. Look at this. Says. Look what it says. It says, if Satan is casting out Satan, then he is divided against himself. Look what it says. And his kingdom will not survive. Next verse. Look what it says. It says, and if I am empowered, if I am empowered by Satan, what about your own exorcists? They cast out demons too. So they will condemn you for what you have said. But if I am casting out demons by the finger of God or spirit of God, then truly the kingdom of God is arrived among you for who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man, plunder his goods, only someone even stronger who could tie him up, bind him, and then someone will plunder uh, his house. Now, let me say this. Satan cannot cast out Satan, but Satan can conquer Satan or Satan can reoccupy Satan. That's what I want to talk to you today about. We're going to talk about what's going on in the world systems, there is a power struggle in the second heaven. There is a power struggle um, in the underworld. Right now, listen to me. Now, I'm going to give you the word of the Lord on this, and it has nothing to do with politics. I won't talk about that stuff. That's not what I talk about. All right? I let my other prophet friends do that stuff. But I'm going to tell you the demonic stuff that's going on. There is a power struggle within the kingdom of darkness because the ruling princes, the, the fallen Elohims, the fallen Elohims, because they are Elohims that have fallen, divine beings, they're looking to upgrade their rank as they try to please their master, Satan. Did you catch that? Now, we could answer, now I could prove this biblically because you got Babylon being conquered by the Medo-Persians. Both of them were demonic. As a matter of fact, it says that there was a prince over the kingdom of Greece. And then Greece was coming to conquer over the kingdom of the Medo-Persians. Now, now there are times in history with there are times in history where demon spirits, where demon spirits ruling fallen Elohims are looking to upgrade their rank as they try to outdo each other. In pleasing Lucifer. Now that's, that's what's happening in this present day and age. What we're seeing right now is demonic kingdoms having a power struggle. Now watch this. A power struggle does not mean casting out. Catch this revelation that I just said. A power struggle is jockeying for position. Satan is not casting out Satan. So when Greece conquered the Medes, it wasn't Satan casting out Satan. It was, it was one fallen Elohim conquering over another fallen Elohim. Now watch this. When ruling rebellious fallen sons of God, the fallen angels, 
That's a whole, and hopefully we'll get into Nephilim a little bit later. All right. When they fail in their mission, they have to report to Lucifer, the fallen one, the dragon, and there is dire punishment when they mess up. So this is what we're seeing. What we're seeing are the Bible says in Psalm chapter two, why do the nations rage? Why do the nations rage and the heathen rage against the Christ and against his son? Notice how in the Psalms, it's not talking about the heathen raging against people. Because the Bible says in Galatians chapter 5, 6, that the whole world is under the wicked one. So the devil already has the world, but the demon entities are fighting. They're, 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 they're looking to reoccupy position so that they can move up and that they can please their master. Why? Because there is rewards given by the devil to his own servants, fallen, fallen, fallen sons of God, when they uh, fulfill uh, their particular assignments. All right. So, but when they conquer each other, they're not casting each other out. It's just, okay, would you like another scripture for me to verify this? The Bible says an unclean spirit goes and gets more spirits, more wicked, or rather more in rank than itself. Did you catch it? And the Bible says the more wicked demon enters the soul that was empty. Did you catch it? And now the, 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 the higher ranking devil is now occupying the person that got presupposedly delivered. All right. So watch this. So there's no such thing as fake deliverance, but I won't teach that today. You need to go register. Okay, so watch this. Watch this. Look at this. Okay, so the depths of Satan, this has everything to do with what's happening in the government today. Watch this. The depths of Satan, um, the Bible says more wicked than itself. Spirits that are more wicked. Okay, watch this. All right, look at this. What's happening in the nations, and if you trust me to be an authoritative voice, for deliverance or warfare, real warfare. That's why sometimes I'll be looking at these events where they be doing, uh, praying over the nations. And sometimes I'll be saying, man, when would these people invite real apostles who understand the dynamics of real spiritual warfare instead of inviting these other voices who don't even cast out demons? They just speak, but that's my pet peeve. And if you're watching me, listen to me, and if you're watching me, and you're a person of influence. Invite us real apostles who know how to really cast out demons if you're going to pray over the nation. Invite those of us that are really in the trenches, that have real authority to make this happen. And you want to know why you don't invite us? Because Micaiah prophets are not invited to the party. But that's just a pet peeve. And what I just said is not coming from the Holy Spirit. It's coming from my own personal pet peeve. For those of you doing these events uh, over, over the nation, why don't you invite real apostles and prophets that have real authority over ruling principalities and power? And then maybe, maybe we could get some real answers about who could really win the election. You're not ready, man. Don't get Pagani started. Okay, now look at this. Look at this. You know what I'm saying? Look, look, at, what I, look at what I just said. All right, so watch this. Look at this. All right, look at this. Within these ranks, these are depths, depths. And what we're seeing in the nation is particular ruling princes 
trying to figure out which one will dominate. So sometimes we're going to find radical feminism trying to dominate or uh, Marxism trying to dominate or mammon trying to dominate or the pharmaceutical company, uh, Python, divination trying to dominate. So a couple of months ago, we we're all arguing about COVID-19. Now we're all arguing about the White House. And now we're going to argue about false prophets. This is nothing more than ruling, ruling sons of God fallen, trying to see which one will win. Okay, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Watch this. Now watch this. Now I'm here to tell you, uh, I'm here to tell you that there, that there are some, there are some systems that will never be dominated. Turn me to Genesis chapter four. Uh, Genesis, uh, Genesis chapter four. Watch this. Genesis chapter four. This, am I talking good? Say amen. Say amen. Look at this. Genesis chapter four. Watch this. I'm going to show you that there are some systems in the world that will be overthrown. And then there are other systems that will never be overthrown, even if we say that it will be overthrown. That is not what Bible says. That's just kingdom optimism. Did you catch it? And kingdom op optimism doesn't necessarily mean it's God's will. There are certain systems that will never be overthrown. Even if now we could invade those systems, but we will never overthrow it. Okay, watch this. Verse 17 of Genesis chapter 4. And Cain had sexual relations. Man, you need to share this on your time. I'll tag everybody that you know. All right. Now look at this. Cain had sexual relations with his wife. And she became pregnant and gave birth to Enoch. Okay. Then Cain founded a city and he named the city Enoch after his son. Enoch had a son named Irad. And Irad, listen to me. Now, here's why I need you to really listen. Irad, who was the son of Enoch. It's not the Enoch that you and I know. There was two Enochs on the earth at the same time. One was taken up to heaven. The other one had a city built after him, but I don't have enough time to flesh that out. Go through my videos. I flesh that out on another, another video. Now watch this. Enoch had a son named Irad. Look at this. Irad, look at this. Uh, look what it says. Irad became the father of Mehujael. Mehujael became the father of Methusael. Notice how the names are changing from Enoch to Enoch to Methusael to Methuselah. Notice the parallel going on here. Okay. Okay, look at this. Look what it says. Methushael became the father of Lamech. Notice how Abraham's father, uh, uh, notice how, um, watch this, that Noah's father was also called Lamech. Not the same Lamech, but notice, just, just catch little things I throw at you. Look at this. Look at verse 19. Lamech married two women. The first name was Ada, and the second was Zilah. Verse 20. Pay attention. Ada gave birth to Jabal. And Jabal was the first of those or the father of those who raise livestock and live in tents. Oh, whoa, 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 what's this? 
His brother's name was Jubal. And Jubal, Jubal was the father of all those who play the harp and the flute. Watch this. Lamech's other wife, Zyla, gave birth to a son um, and named him Tubal Cain. Tubal Cain. Notice how his last name was Cain. Look at this. He became the expert in forging tools of bronze and iron, or King James Version says weapons. And Tubal Cain had a sister named Nama. Um, and uh, and na named Nama. Okay, now watch this. Watch this. Now let me interject something, and hopefully I'm not long-winded today because we've been on for 28 minutes. Hopefully I'll be finished within an hour, exactly an hour. All right? And make sure you sow a seed afterwards, all right? Um, and give to our local church, all right? The information is pinned in the comment. Okay, look at this. Look at this. Let me give you a backdrop to what's happening. Cain had, watch this. Cain killed his brother. And then Cain says, look at this. Cain says, whoever finds me is going to kill me. Watch this. And God says, whoever finds you will not kill you because I'm going to put a mark on you. I'm going to mark you. I'm going to mark you. And whoever, whoever sees you will not mark, will not kill you because they won't be able to kill you because you will have a mark or a seal. Watch this. Look at this. When Cain had Enoch, Enoch was first the firstborn of those born with the seal of Cain, which means untouchable. Write it in the chat room. The seal means untouchable, undefeatable. You can't kill me. The seal stops people from killing, which means I can function and nobody's going to stop me because even the only way you're going to stop me is to kill me. And you can't kill me because I got a mark. Oh, did you catch it? So watch this. This mark made Cain with immunity privileges, which means I could function, but you can't stop me. You could undo what I do, but you can't stop me personally. So look at this. So Enoch is born with the seal of being untouchable. All right. You can't kill me. By the time we get to uh, the three fathers by that time humans on the earth were talking and interacting with fallen elohims in exchange for demonic technology man i'm tossing out good stuff that is why the bible mentions uh nama why would the bible mention nama which was tubal cain's sister when the bible doesn't mention sisters like that but in this case, it referenced it. Why? Because Nama gave herself to a fallen angel to produce Elohim, fallen ones. That's a whole nother topic. All right. Now watch this. Watch this. In order for fathers to give their daughters to the sons of God, it wasn't for free. Because the Bible says the fallen sons of God. Angels, and I don't have time to flesh that out. And if you don't believe there were angels and fallen kings, that's okay. We can wrestle with that. But watch this. The Bible says that these angels did not rape women. They married them. Now watch this. Marriage is covenant. Marriage is covenant. So look at this. 
which means two parties bring their resources. Here's what happened. These fathers, descendants of Cain, already had a mark. So the angels went to them, went to them because they already had the mark. The angels didn't just pick any human. They said, we're going to go with the descendants of Cain because they all have the mark. Mark of Cain, mark of the beast. As in the days of Noah, whole other revelation there. Watch this. Watch this. So these descendants of Cain said to these angels, we will give you our daughters. In ex- well, what do you have to give us in exchange? We will give you demonic technology. Azazel, Osmodius. Did you catch that? Okay, so watch this. So look at this. They gave them three in specific. The first one, the first one, look at this, look at this, look at this. The first one was named, uh, look what it says. The first one uh, was named uh, Irad. And Irad, look at this, became the father of livestock. Watch this. To paraphrase that, Livestock represents money stock, stocks and bonds. The love of money is the root of all evil. So what's this? So, so the devil said, the demonic angel said, I will teach you to set up a value system of currency. And if you implement this in the city of Enoch, you could basically control people based on money. Now watch this. I'm here to tell you that the one of the systems that's happening in the government today of really what's behind the scenes is greed. It's money. Or how about this? The ruling prince of mammon, of mammon. Notice how not even the preachers are talking about mammon because preachers themselves are enslaved to mammon. Okay. And I'm here to tell you that the financial system, Satan will never let go. The financial system will never become God's system. What he will do is he'll cause the wealth of the wicked to there, for there to be transfers, but God will never own it. The church will never own the financial system because the devil will never let go. The financial institution and the stock market, and he will never let it go. He'll give you religion. He'll give you maybe even the educational system. He will never let go of the financial system. The church will never invade that. The church will, the church will never own that. It would never own it. Why? Because there, that system is so deep within Satan. He will not let it go. Watch this. The second system. That the Bible says is, was that Jabal became the father of them that play music. Now, this is not saying music, but what it is saying is media. I like what my good friend, Prophet Jeremiah Johnson, and if you're watching, I love you. Love you, man of God. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson coined this on Facebook. It's not original to me, but he said the media is the biggest false prophet that we are contending with. I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you 
that the media industry or the communications industry playing the music in the heart will never be controlled by God. It would never be controlled by God. As a matter of fact, I dare even say this. Watch this. And I'm going to say this because it's common, common knowledge. All right. Every Christian that goes in that music world or media world gets turned out without a shadow of a doubt. They go in zealous within a year or two, they get turned out. That's why I'm not even shocked why Hills, the Hillsong pastor currently is in a place of fallen grace, not judging, not judging by the grace of God. There go I, but you want to know why he got turned out? Because he started diving into the music industry, hanging out with these celebrities, and he got turned out. His prayer life started going down. And this is common knowledge. We're not name dropping, but this is common knowledge. That every pastor that goes in that world gets turned out. Lecrae, Carl Lenz, all of them. They love the Lord. They're Christian. We're not judging. But everyone that goes over there never remains zealous. They get turned out. Why? Because the media, the media system... Will, Satan will never let it go. Satan will never let it go. I'm telling you. So what, so, so, so what happens? So what God does is he starts saving them that are in that system and he takes them out. He takes them out. Notice how it hasn't changed. Why? Okay. Watch this. The third system, the third system that Satan will never let go is this is the third person became the father of tools and bronze and alchemy. The verse here is basically letting us know that war, war, W-A-R, is a lucrative business. War or weaponry, weapons or the arms, A-R-M-S system. The arms system will never be released. Why? Because the Bible says that from the very beginning, Satan has been warring. So these are the three systems that will never, that will, uh, that will never be released. Why? Because these systems are clenched within the depths of Satan. Now watch this. Let me go back to this music. Media ministry, watch this. You know, sometimes, sometimes we get excited when, watch this, when a pastor and a leader gets in favor with, let's say, music or Hollywood celebrities. But let me tell you what actually happens. Watch this. And we begin to say, man, God is going to do some great stuff in the Hollywood. And amen, God is going to do great stuff in Hollywood. All right, now watch this. But notice this. When a pastor or a leader gets in favor with those systems, what's this? The, the system only embraces that person, not the people that they represent. So when Lecrae and others go into that world, they're not bringing us with them. You want to know why? Because those, those worldly celebrities tell them, I'm cool with you. I'm not cool with your Jesus and your, I'm cool with your Jesus. I'm not cool with your church and your religion. So our people go in those systems by themselves and they get overcome by Babylon. Did you catch what I just said? Now watch this. So what does God do with these systems? Turn with me, turn with me 
Look at this. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Am I talking good? Say amen. We got 20 minutes left. Praise God. All right. Look at this. Amen and amen. All right. Look at this. Look at this. Watch this. Matthew chapter, Matthew, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Turn with me to verse 6. Look what it says. Do not cast your pearls among the swine. Listen to what it says. It says, do not cast, uh, give not that which is holy uh, unto dogs. Whoa! Give, give not that which is holy unto dogs. So now it's first telling you, don't take with that which is holy and give it to dogs. That's one part. Notice how we love to stay on the pig's part. But the verse here is saying that there's also a part with dogs. Don't give what is holy to dogs. And then the verse says, neither cast your pearls among swine, lest they trample them under their feet. Wait a second here. Wait a second. So it is telling us that the system don't care about our Jesus. The system don't care about our consecration. And here we are with our kingdom idealism of, you know, God's going to do some stuff over there. And the Bible is saying that dogs and swine don't care about that which is holy or our pearls. As a matter of fact, the verse goes a step further and says that... Swine will trample, will trample that the pearls will trample the pearls. So, so, so yet we're here giving out pearls, giving out pearls, wasting good pearls with a system that will do nothing but trample them. Trample. The verse here says that pigs and dogs can't be converted. Watch this. Watch this. Look at this. Let me show you something. Ezekiel chapter, uh, um, Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Ezekiel 47. Quickly. Let's talk about the river. Let's talk about this river. Because I can clearly hear some overly positive person who... Who, who hasn't really studied eschatology, don't know who's, who's, who, who has this Willy Wonka, Chuck E. Cheese, where's Waldo worldview of Christianity and doesn't know what, what real warfare is, what real warfare is. Look at this. We're trying to cast down a system that God is saying, this thing got to stay here until the end time. And we're going to get to that a little later. Look at this. Ezekiel. Ezekiel 47, Ezekiel 47, turn with me, uh, look at this, Ezekiel 47, um, let me go there real quick, yeah, cha- Ezekiel, yeah, chapter 47, look at this, chapter 47, sorry y'all, that I'm, I'm using my app, my Bible app, and uh, it takes me a lot longer to get there, okay, watch this, am I talking good, say amen in the chat room. Watch this. I'm giving you insight so that we're not out here doing this 
immature evangelical stuff without knowing proper warfare. Watch this. Watch this. Jump down to verse 6. Jump down to verse 6. Look at this. Look at this. He, let's talk about Ezekiel's river. Because I clearly hear people say, but Ezekiel's river says wherever the river goes, there will be healing. So God is going to send the river to these systems and there's going to be great revival in these systems. Oh, okay. Let's read this. Let's read this river. Verse six. He asked me, son of man, have you been watching? Then he led me back along the riverbank. Look at this. When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then he said to me, this river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. And the waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea pure. Look at this. Uh, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Yeah, look at this. Look what it says. Pure. Then there will be swarms of living things. Look at this. Living things wherever the water of this river flows. Now, this is a real Real prophecy that has yet to be fulfilled. This is about uh, something that happens uh, in the Mount of Olives that breaks, uh, causes an earthquake, and the River Jordan begins to go into uh, overflow into the Dead Sea, and then it converts the Dead Sea into uh, a river, a, a, a sea that where fish can live. This is a real prophecy of something that's going to really happen. But spiritually, there's also some implications here. Now watch this. Look at this. Look at this. There will be swarms of living things where the river, where the water of the river flows. Look what it says. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Look at this. Life will flourish wherever this water or river flows. And that right there is where prophets and apostles, we start preaching. It makes good preaching. And amen, because it is good preaching, these verses. Look at this. Look at verse 10. Look at this. Look at this. Fishermen will stand along the shores of the Dead Sea all the way to Enjadai and El Galeam. The shores will be covered with nets drying in the sun. Fish of every kind will be filled, uh, will fill the Dead Sea just as they fill the Mediterranean. This is a powerful prophecy, right? That has yet to be fulfilled. Look at this. Look at verse 11. Look at verse 11. Watch this. Look at verse 11. But the marshes and the swamps will not be purified. Wait a second. You want to hear a real prophetic word? Not knocking everybody else. There's a, there's a governmental phrase, a proverbial phrase going on there. Drain the swamp. Look what the verse here says. That this river, when it reaches the swamp, the swamp will not be purified. But wait a second. The verse before says, wherever the river goes, it will be purified until it hits the swamp. So do me a favor. If you're going to prophesy these verses, prophesy it within its full context because there are some systems that even when revival hits it, the system will still not change. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me, let me read it again. Let me read it again in the King James Version, verse 11. 
Look what it says. Verse 11. But the places that are miry and the places that are the marishes shall not be healed. They shall be given salt. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Let me read it in the new, new international version. Verse 11. But the swamps and the marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Wait a second, man. Listen, I know this is not popular, but there, are, there is a generation of Micaiah prophets that will give you the whole counsel of God. Listen, listen to what I'm saying. There are some systems that God says, I'm going to head that one. I'm going to allow the devil to stay in control of that. That will never, that will never be able, that will never be able to be converted. Did you catch it? So then you're saying, then what about the prophecies of revival in those systems? I'm glad that you asked because those systems will not be changed by revival. Revival is found in Revelation chapter 18, verse 4. Come out from among them, my people, and you shall be my people and I shall be your God. The revival that's going to hit those systems is not the conversion of those systems becoming Christian. Becoming Christian, the financial institutions will never become Christian. They belong to the devil. So what does he do? And what does it mean, these revivals? And I believe that the prophets that have been speaking revival to these systems, they heard from God. But the revival is not the system converting to becoming kingdom. It's God saving the most vilest in those systems and then whispering in their ear, come out from among them, my people, and touch not the unclean thing. The revival is God saving them and then saying, come out from among them. They come out of the system. Not that the system will become God's. That doesn't make sense. That's not even biblical. That's not even biblical. Did you catch it? Why? Because there, listen to me, the swamps, the swamps, can never be purified. Don't get mad at me. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says swamps can never be purified. I'm here to tell you, even when we drain the swamp, catch what I'm saying. As a man of God in warfare, I might not be an apostle to a lot of, a lot of stuff, but I'm a man of God when it comes to strategies in the, in the demonic realm. Oh, I'm hearing God and you're asking the wrong people. I need to come over here with, with those of us that got real insight into the realm of the demonic. And we'll tell you what's really going on. When we drain the swamp, because I believe that that's a God thing. And you know what I'm talking about, not to get political. Drain the swamp. When we drain the swamp, the swamp will not convert. It will just expose. Did you catch it? Did you catch what I just said? The Bible says when the river hits the swamp, nothing is going to happen. As a matter of fact, the Bible says more salt will be given to it. More salt means more depths of Satan. More depths, more depths of Satan. 
which means more salt's going to be given, which means it's going to get more evil and more evil and more evil and more evil and seven more spirits more wicked than itself. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.